Chapter Ten of Woodcraft by Nesmuk. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. Odds and Ends. Where to go for an outing? Why a clinker? Bows and brows. The often recurring question as to where to go for an outing can hardly be answered at all satisfactorily. In a general way, any place may and ought to be satisfactory, where there are fresh green woods pleasant scenery and fish and game plenty enough to supply the camp abundantly with boating facilities and pure water it is more in the man than it is in the land and there are thousands of such places on the waters of the susquehanna the delaware the rivers and lakes of maine michigan wisconsin and canada among the lakes of central new york one may easily select a camping ground healthy pleasant easily reached and with the advantage of cheapness a little too much civilization perhaps but the farmers are friendly and kindly disposed to all summer outers who behave like gentlemen for fine forest scenery and unequalled canoeing facilities it must be admitted that the adirondack region stands at the head there is also fine fishing and good hunting for those who know the right places to go for deer and trout but it is a tedious expensive job getting into the heart of the wilderness and it is the most costly woodland resort i know of when you are there you can keep expenses down and also have a much better sport by avoiding the hotels and going into camp at once and staying there the best way is for two men to hire a guide live in camp altogether and divide the expense all along the allegheny range from maine to michigan and from pennsylvania to the provinces numberless resorts exist as pleasant as healthy as prolific of sport as the famed adirondacks and at half the cost but for an all-summer canoe cruise with more than six hundred accessible lakes and ponds the northern wilderness stands alone and as a wealthy cockney once remarked to me in brown's tract it's no place for a poor man and now i will give my reasons for preferring the clinker-built cedar boat or canoe to any other first as to material cedar is stronger more elastic more enduring and shrinks less than pine or any other light wood used in boat sighting as one of the best builders in the country says it has been thoroughly demonstrated that a cedar canoe will stand more hard knocks than an oak one for where it only receives bruises the oak streets will split and he might add the pine will break but i suppose it is settled beyond dispute that white cedar stands at the head for boat streaks i prefer it then because it is the best and i prefer the clinker because it is the strongest simplest most enduring and most easily repaired in case of accident to prove the strength theory take a cedar or pine strip eight feet long and six inches wide bend it to a certain point by an equal strain on each end and carefully note the result next strip it lengthwise with a rip saw lap the two halves an inch and nail the lap as in boat building test it again and you will find it has gained in strength about twenty per cent that is the clinker of it now work the laps down until the strip is of uniform thickness its entire length and test it once more you will find it much weaker than on first trial this is the smooth skin sometimes called lap streak they the clinker canoes are easily tightened when they spring a leak through being rattled over stones and rapids it is only to hunt a smooth pebble for a clinch head and settle the nails that have started with the hatchet putting in a few new ones if needed and they are put together at least by the best builders without any cement or white lead naked wood to wood and depending only on close work for waterproofing and each pair of strips is cut to fit and lie in its proper place without strain 
no two pairs being alike but each pair from garboards to the upper streak having easy natural form for its destined position the veneer canoes are very fine for deep water but a few cuts on sharp stones will be found ruinous and if exposed much to weather they are liable to warp the builders understand this and plainly say they prefer not to build fine boats for those who will neglect the proper care of them the paper boat also will not stand much cutting on sharp stones and it is not buoyant when swamped unless fitted with watertight compartments which i abhor the canvas is a rather loggy limp son of craft to my thinking and liable to drown her crew if swamped but each and all have their admirers and purchasers as well while each is good in its way and i only mention a few reasons for my preference of the cedar when running an ugly rapid or crossing a stormy lake i like to feel that i have enough light seasoned wood under me to keep my mouth and nose above water all day besides saving the rifle and knapsack which when running into danger i always tie to the ribbing with strong linen line as i do the paddle also giving it about line enough to just allow free play i am not to use a little modern slang going to give myself away on canoeing or talk of startling adventure but for the possible advantage of some future canoeist i will briefly relate what happened to me on a certain windy morning one summer it was on one of the larger lakes no matter which between paul smith's and the fulton chain i had camped overnight in a spot that did not suit me in the least but it seemed the best i could do then and there the night was rough and the early morning threatening however i managed a cup of coffee tied in and made a slippery carry of two miles a little after sunrise arrived on the shore of the lake things did not look promising the whirling twirling clouds were black and dangerous looking the crisp dark waves were crested with spume and i had a notion of just making a comfortable camp and waiting for better weather but the commissary department was reduced to six boston crackers with a single slice of pork and it was twelve miles of wilderness to the nearest point of supplies four miles of it carries included such weather might last a week and i decided to go for half an hour i sat on the beach taking weather notes the wind was northeast my course was due west giving me four points free taking five feet of strong line i tied one end under a rib next the keelson the other around the paddle stripping to shirt and drawers i stowed everything in the knapsack and tied that safely in the forepeak then i swung out before i was half a mile out i fervently wished myself back but it was too late how that little corky light canoe did bound and snap with a constant tendency to come up in the wind's eye that kept me on the qui vive every instant she shipped no water she was too buoyant for that but she was all the time in danger of pitching her crew overboard it soon came to a crisis about the middle of the lake on the north side there is a sharp low gulch that runs away back through the hills looking like a level cut through a railroad embankment and down this gulch came a fierce thunder gust that was like a small cyclone it knocked down trees swept over the lake and caught the little canoe on the crest of a wave right under the garboard streak i went overboard like a shot but i kept a grip on the paddle that grip was worth a thousand dollars to the traveller's accidental and another thousand to the equitable company because the paddle with its line enabled me to keep the canoe in hand and prevent her from going away to leeward like a dry leaf when i once got my nose above water and my hand on her after stem i knew i had the whole business under control pressing the stem down i took a look inboard the little jilt she had not shipped a quart of water and there was the knapsack the rod the little auxiliary paddle all just as i had tied them in only the crew and the double paddle had gone overboard 
as i am elderly and out of practice in the swimming line and it was nearly half a mile to a lee shore and as i was out of breath and waterlogged it is quite possible that little forethought and four cents worth of fish line saved the insurance companies two thousand dollars how i slowly kicked the canoe ashore how the sun came out bright and hot how instead of making the remaining eleven miles i raised a conflagration and a comfortable camp dried out and had a pleasant night of it all this is neither here nor there the point i wish to make is keep your duffel safe to float and your canoe sufficiently in hand to always hold your breathing works above the water level so shall your children look confidently for your safe return while the accidentals arise and call you a good investment there was only one objection to the clinker-built canoe that occurs to me as at all plausible this is that the ridge-like projections on her clinker laps offer resistance to the water and retard her speed theoretically this is correct practically it is not proven her streaks are so nearly on her water line that the resistance if any must be infinitesimal it is possible however that this element might lessen her speed one or two minutes in a mile race i am not racing but taking leisurely recreation i can wait two or three minutes as well as not three or four knots an hour will take me through to the last carry quite as soon as i care to make the landing a few words of explanation and advice may not be out of place i have used the words bows and brows quite frequently i am sorry they are not more in use the first settlers in the unbroken forest knew how to diagnose a tree they came to the holland purchase from the eastern states with their families in a covered wagon drawn by a yoke of oxen and the favorite cow patiently leading behind they could not start until the ground was settled sometime in may and nothing could be done in late summer save erect a log cabin and clear a few acres for the next season to this end the oxen were indispensable and the cow was a first necessity where there were children and cows and oxen must have hay but there was not a lot of hay in the country a few hundred pounds of coarse wild grass was gleaned from the margins of streams and small marshes but the main reliance was browse through the warm months the cattle could take care of themselves but when the winter settled down in earnest a large part of the settler's work consisted in providing browse for his cattle first and best was the basswood linden then came maple beech birch and hemlock some of the trees would be nearly three feet in diameter and when felled much of the browse would be twenty feet above the reach of cattle on the ends of huge limbs then the boughs were lopped off and the cattle could get at the browse the settlers divided the tree into logs limbs boughs and browse anything small enough for a cow or deer to masticate was browse and that is just what you want for a camp in the forest not twigs that may come from a thorn or boughs that may be as thick as your wrist but browse which may be used for a mattress the healthiest in the world now for a little useless advice in going into the woods don't take a medicine chest or a set of surgical instruments with you a bit of sticking salve a wooden vial of anti-pain tablets and another of rhubarb regulars your fly medicine and a pair of tweezers will be enough of course you have needles and thread if you go before the open season for shooting take no gun it will simply be a useless encumbrance and a nuisance if you go to hunt take a solemn oath never to point the shooting end of your gun toward yourself or any other human being in still hunting swear yourself black in the face never to shoot at a dim moving object in the woods for a deer unless you have seen that it is a deer in these days there are quite as many hunters as deer in the woods and it is a heavy wearisome job to pack a dead or wounded man ten or twelve miles out to a clearing 
let alone that it spoils all the pleasure of the hunt and is apt to raise hard feelings among his relations in a word act coolly and rationally so shall your outing be a delight in conception and the fulfilment thereof while the memory of it shall come back to you in pleasant dreams when legs and shoulders are too stiff and old for knapsack and rifle that is me that is why i sit here to-night with the strong wind and sleet rattling the one window of my little den writing what i hope younger and stronger men will like to take into the woods with them and read not that i am so very old the youngsters are still not anxious to buck against the muzzle-loader in off-hand shooting but in common with a thousand other old greybeards i feel that the fire the fervor the steel that once carried me over the trail from dawn till dark is dulled and deadened within me we had our day of youth and may we may have grown a trifle sober but life may reach a wintry way and we are only in october wherefore let us be thankful that there are thousands of cool green nooks beside crystal springs where the weary soul may hide for a time away from debts duns and deviltries and a while commune with nature in her undress and with kindness to all true woodsmen and with malice toward none save the trout hog the netter the cruster and skin butcher let us prepare to turn in end of chapter ten end of woodcraft by nesmuk